Thank you so much once again for joining us on Mindfuck, the podcast where we run coaching sessions to get people unstuck, to achieve the impossible, get them what they want, get their issues out of their way. Whatever is jamming you up, we can unjam it. Go to statusflow.net and click on the link to become a guest on our podcast, Mindfuck. You can also, while you're there, take a look at the other ways to get yourself out of your own way. Check out Moonshot, our flagship group coaching cohorts. You can also look at the one-on-one engagements and as well as our corporate and team engagements. Today, we are talking with David. David heard that we were looking for guests and figured, well, he's kind of stuck, so we're going to get him unstuck. Let's do it. David. You are, sir. How are you? All right, good. Well, thank you for your patience with me having to reschedule twice. Ah, no worries. If that's the worst thing that happens to us, we're doing just fine today. It's good to see you, sir. You too. So tell me, what, uh, as you know, of course, we're going to record this and uh, for the podcast. So here's my invitation is that um, sometimes these things go really deep. And if it does, Let's let it go deep. We can delete any part of this. We can trash the whole thing if we need to, but let's take advantage of the opportunity for what it is to really get something disentangled, unstuck, uh, or whatever it is you need. So with that, what would make this valuable for you? I guess to get unstuck. Okay. What does unstuck look like for you? Well, imposter syndrome. Um, I think some of it, well, not some of it. I've been in counseling for a number of years for a number of issues, one of them being addiction, another one being uh, uh, low self-esteem, growing up with a narcissistic mother. And Mm -hmm. I think that some of the things that from childhood was don't show off, don't speak up, don't just kind of be quiet, sit in the background. So, you know, what that's led to in different careers that I've been in, it's very difficult for me to take, um, to accept praise. Uh, uh, the, I've been in radio broadcasting, uh, theater, and in both of those instances, and also in my training career and, and so on, I've had many people come to me and says, man, you did such a great job and this, that, and everything else, and you should be on Broadway and all this other stuff. And I just can't take it in. Uh, I, I feel I did a good job. I feel I, 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 I feel I do good, do a good job. I practice, I, I, I'm passionate about my craft, but I can't accept it because it, to me, it's like showing off. And as a kid, there were two things, two conflicts going on. One is I'm the oldest of five and, uh, I, I never could come home and, and, and say, wow, I did this today because my siblings would shoot me down. And on the other hand, I couldn't make a mistake because if I made a mistake, I'd be laughed at and ridiculed. So all I did was I never talked. Right. I, I didn't do anything. Wow. Well, first, number one, thank you. Thank you for sharing all that. And thank you for going there. And, um, that that's what I mean by taking advantage of the opportunity. So thank you. And you and I have a lot in common. We've got the mother wound. We've got the addiction. We've got the radio broadcasting thing. Like we've got, and and yeah, you're making it very tough for you to win, right? You, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You can't receive the praise. You're like, you know, you can't share. Here's how I succeeded. And of course you can't screw up either, right? So, right. so you're left with what, right? Like the, the imposter syndrome thing, the receiving praise thing, um, 
what what is this costing you? Well, let me. Uh, it certainly is costing me, or it has cost me throughout the years. I have to say that I am better. I'm not perfect at it, but I'm certainly better than I was years ago. So, what is it costing me? Um, I also need to say that I left my corporate job at the end of last year. It, this business of presentation skills coaching has been a side hustle for five years. I'm now full-time in it. So what is it costing me? It's costing me sometimes to get off my ass and do simple things mm-hmm. like create a free workshop or to create a workshop for people that have been contacting me and downloading my ebook and reaching back out to them. And just there's this something, this fear of something. There's a block, a wall, something. I don't know what it is. It's simple stuff, but I just can't do it. Mm. Well, I think you know what's going on. Like I don't, there, I don't think there are a lot of mysteries here. Like I think you're very well aware of kind of the underlying issues. I think you're aware of where the psychology is coming from. Like there's a pathology to this. I think you're well aware of that. So like, I don't know that I'm going to tell you anything in in terms of deep aha moments. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing with you um, is really about strategy and practice, you know, because like I said, I think you just, you, you know, what's up, you know, where this comes from. It's been going on for a long time. So the first thing that I'll share with you is the imposter syndrome is is absolutely correct because you seem to think you're a lot smaller than you are. Mm, yeah. Right. And the reality is that you have not fully embraced mm. the thing that you are that you are trying to do. Like you're not fully in service to your mm. mission, to the thing that's trying to come through you mm. because this is bigger than you right? It's not about you. None of this is about you. Mm-hmm. Like the, the business you've, you've pivoted out of your corporate job into what you love. Mm-hmm. That requires a major mobilization on your part of energy, of mindset, of, of fear, of shame, of all like, like you. So I'm not totally sold on the imposter syndrome thing because you've done a big thing there right yeah. Yeah. so call it a moral imperative you you've embraced that so what i think the opportunity here or a strategy for this anyway is to be increase your level of commitment and I, and i would even expand it to real devotion to the thing that you're in service to mm-hmm Right, because that is bigger than you. That is that is this thing that you left your corporate job for. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did all of the things that are required to move into that, to make that your thing, mm-hmm. then you are not serving it. You're not a very good steward of it if mm-hmm. you're not going full throttle. Okay. Okay. Right. I, I would agree with that. Yep. So what what would that look like for you if you were to really uh, go full throttle? What would be the difference on the daily? Uh, being able to pick up the phone and call to uh, my prospective clients, mm-hmm. like uh, training managers and chief learning officers, and not be afraid to 
to ask questions or to not be afraid of the the phone hanging up on me or I'm not interested or the nose, uh, not being afraid of those things. And just, I know that once I get through one or two of those mm-hmm. calls that, man, this was easy. I know that that would happen. Right. But it's, it's just that doing that first one. Well, let's get the at-bats then. Do the first one, right? Like yeah, right. the, mm-hmm. here. here's the thing. I, I sort of joke about this. You know, I spend a lot of time down in um, on the East coast of Mexico on the Caribbean side. And my running joke is if you're ever timid about cold calling or selling, go to Mexico because they're shameless about it. Right. They're like, they're so good. I was literally walking down the street of Playa del Carmen, holding a burrito about the size of my head that I had just bought a block before. And the restaurant people are still saying, Hey, come on in. Welcome. I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm eating right now. They don't care. Right. They're shameless about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of move into this space when like, let me ask you this. How awesome is what you do for people? Oh, it's, it's tremendous. Yes. Okay. It's life. It's life changing. It's life changing. Mm-hmm. When you call somebody up, and they say, no, thanks, David, not interested. Mm-hmm. It's, are you kidding me right now? How mm-hmm. how could you not be in? Okay, maybe I didn't explain this clearly. Maybe like, I don't, went, like for my organization and for me, if somebody decides not to work with my organization, I don't feel bad for me. I feel bad for them. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, are you kidding me right now? This is the thing you've been waiting for. I know you're a fit. I know you've got everything you need. I, I can't believe you're not going to do, oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. wow. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, but I, that's I, I the guess. polarity, right? Yeah. Because like mm-hmm. you, I know mm-hmm. what this mm-hmm. thing does. I know how mm-hmm. transform I've lived it. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Like look at the addiction thing. If somebody came to you and said, you know, I've got a chemical dependency problem. And you said, I've got a magic thing here that can fix this in eight minutes. And they're mm-hmm. like, no, David, like, oh my God, are you kidding? I'm going to save your life. I'm going to save your marriage. I'm going to save your job. Like, ah. Mm-hmm. When you well, have- that I can relate to because I right. was in that place for a number of years. And even if you came to me with that magic pill, I would say I might have taken the pill from you. Uh, but, you know, I, I really like it over here. It, it wasn't until sure. I had that aha moment that I said, I got to make a change. Right. But you could be the aha moment. Right, right, right. You right, can right. create the aha moment when somebody says, Wow, David, you're right. Let's do it. Yeah. Yep. And like I said, you're you're really you've done so much work, David. Mm-hmm. You've done so much work. You know what's up. And um, and you're right. When you get over those first couple of calls, you go, Wow, I really made that a much bigger deal in my head than it is. Like you're yeah. absolutely right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for you getting really connected to how much you love this, getting mm-hmm. really devoted to bringing it through you, right? Because it's not coming from you. It's coming through you. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you think about, I belong to a men's group and uh, somebody years ago talked about that, that the energy, I'm not super religious, but we'll use whatever that higher power is. Sure. That that it, it lives within us. Yes. And if you can imagine having a fire hose attached to your back and that power of that fire hose coming through you but if inside of us 
we have all of these blocks and and voices and other obstructions within us, then there's only a trickle that's coming through us on the other side. Mm -hmm. But if we remove all of that crap out of the way, then you've got that force, that entire force of that higher power going right through you. Yeah, I know this stuff. It's just a matter of I need to take it in. Okay, so so let's take it in right now. Let's change the you language mm -hmm. to the I language. Mm -hmm. Let's take responsibility for this. I... I have a fire hose attached to me. And when I have all of this stuff, you hear the difference in that languaging, like divorcing yourself from the experience when you have a fire hose, when you, when we do this, when mm -hmm. I have this, I have a trickle. And when I get out of my own way, I have this flowing energy, this powerful force. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. hear the difference in that language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Responsibility for it. Say, this is I thing. This is me, right? Mm -hmm. I have this thing. Right. Like yep. Frame that for yourself. Say it and notice your experience when, as you say this, describe that exactly to me again, using that I framework. Yeah, yeah. So I know that there is a higher power mm -hmm. and I believe that that higher power lives within me. And one way that I describe that higher power coming into me is that I have a fire hose attached to my back, the power full blast fire hose attached to my back coming into me. That's the power, that higher power coming into me. I have mm -hmm. obstructions within me and once have I had, let's I've change had, that a little bit. I have had obstructions, right? I have had obstructions within me, but as I continue to remove those obstructions, that mm -hmm. full power that is coming into me is now coming out of me at full force, the same amount of force that that higher power is coming into me is now coming out of me because I have removed these obstructions. Right. See it. You notice the difference in that. Let's, let's bring it in a little bit. Let's it's a little mental still, um, you know, feel free to close your eyes if you need to. And let's, let's distill it down to one phrase. I have a higher power coming through me. Mm-hmm. I have a higher power coming through me. Still mental. Drop it down. Yep. I have a higher power coming through me. Slow down your speech a little bit. There. I have a higher power coming through me. Better. Mm -hmm. I can feel that higher power coming through me. Mm -hmm. Still a little mental. Drop it down, like deep into your deep, deep, deep. I want to down in your belly. Remember, it's not about you. There I, you go. Mm -hmm. I embrace the higher power within me. I embrace the higher power working its way through me. Right. I am the conduit. Yeah. It's like I, I, I'm the uh the fire plug, the uh 
what are they the uh the what do they call it on the side of the road the uh, fire the hydrant the hydrant yeah i'm the fire hydrant right because that all you have to do is turn it on and that full power the the, the water is right there all you got to do is turn it on and there you go you got the full power right see and this is not this is not an ego thing right a lot of people get hung up in the i language because of the ego thing right mm-hmm. we're not talking about that we're talking about a recognition mm-hmm. of your mission like I recognize this is what I'm here for. My call it soul, spirit, eternal, mm-hmm. like whatever. I recognize that my soul came here for this experience mm-hmm. to generate this, to have this experience, to have this thing come through me as my ego construct. Like I know, you know, as Chris King, I know that my soul came down here to pretend to be Chris King, to be the the delivery vehicle of this thing. I know it's not about me being me and it doesn't make me Chris so wonderful and cool and special or any of that bullshit. It's, it's, it's a recognition of my service. Mm -hmm. Like here's what I came here to do and how I'm here to serve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am devoted to being a good steward of that mission and part of that david is to recognize that when we embrace that level of service when we are devoted to something like that there are certain luxuries we cannot afford i'm not good enough is one of them (laughs) who are you to tell your soul it was wrong Because that's the imposter syndrome. Like this is a massive ego mm-hmm. construct. And and what I'll what I'll share with you is that when we talk about ego, we we typically, in my experience, think about the person that says, I'm God's greatest gift to everything. I'm so cool. I'm so great. Yes, that is massive ego construct. Guess mm-hmm. what? No, not me. I'm not good enough. I'm too small is the exact same ego construct, exact same size ego. It's on the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's interesting to, for the first time, you made me think of something that one of the things that I coach my clients on when it comes to public speaking is that uh, the audience always wants you to be successful. There's There's usually only one person in the room that feels that that presentation is going to fail, and that's the presenter. So what you've just made me realize that I'm doing that same thing, that everybody around me wants me to be successful, but I'm the only one that's telling myself that I'm no good, that I'm I'm, going to fail. I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not big enough. I'm not fill in the blank. Right. And this is true for anyone endeavoring anything with heart. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. It, it it could be anything, right. you know. It yeah. could be public speaking. It could be writing that book. It mm-hmm. could be uh, learning to play the piano. It could be launching a business. It could be completing a project. It could be uh, working a case. Asking a girl for a date, right? Asking a girl for a date. God, mm-hmm. it's one of the most terrifying things in the world, right? Right, <laughs> especially as a young man. <laughs> Like you got to get your ad bats. I'm so calloused over. I got rejected so much in my life. Like that does not affect me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Right. Right. I mean, yeah, you can, there's a, a million different things you can think right? of. Yeah. 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 But no risk, no reward. Right. Yeah. 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 And so to be able to put yourself out there, to be willing to fail, to be willing to fall on your face, Mm-hmm. Because you know, any entrepreneur will tell you the difference between a, a success and a failure is that the the successful person failed a lot more often, mm-hmm. and typically a lot faster. Right? Fail fast, fail often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So give yourself permission to learn from these things. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it's all that growth mindset stuff. There's a great book. You uh, maybe you've even read it. Uh, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset, mm-hmm. and she's the foremost expert. She's in Stanford. Um, she works with uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman, who uh, actually had the good fortune of meeting at one point. And, uh, you know, they they have all kinds of stuff on this mindset, but about being failure, being the opportunity to grow and learn and get better and improve, as mm-hmm. opposed to using it to shut us down and stop us and pretend that we are something less than we really are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, I just had a big aha is uh, I need to be taking in my own advice that I give others. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the things that's difficult for me to toot my own horn and, but I have to say that even though I've had all these voices and whatever else that's going on in my head, I have continued to move forward. Maybe I would have moved, moved forward a lot faster along the way, but I got into radio broadcasting, but, you know, I also have to say that when I first started in radio back in the early eighties, uh, when I had those headphones on in my head were voices telling me I was no good. I could see that lawyer type person pointing at the radio and saying, this guy's an idiot, but I worked through it. Uh Uh-huh. Same thing with being a stage actor in community theater. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't the character that came on stage for the first many years. It was David on stage with all of those insecurities. And I was more focused on the audience and what I thought they were thinking about me than right. I was on what I was doing on stage. But I worked through it uh, and uh, then working, getting in corporate. So, you know, I, I have to take that in. I have to say, look what I've done. Right. You have a template. You have a template to draw from. Right. Um, You know, and and even in my radio days, uh, because the same kind of thing, I I just knew I was good at certain things. There Mm -hmm. were certain things I could do. I could impersonate Yoda. Great. I can do like funny accents and weird things. I can do the big monster truck rally voice, you know, this Saturday, you know, like (laughs) and I just knew I was good at that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't from an ego based place. It Mm -hmm. was from the experiential place. It was, you know, being even today, what I do in my work, whether I'm on stage or working with a team or a group or one-on-one or working in like the the moonshot program, it's what we call an autotelic experience. Mm. Like I'll do it just to do it because the experience is so great. My ego is like, there's no ego involved because I'm so involved with the experience, but there's a hack. And the hack that I'll give you for anything And anyone that wants to engage in something and do something and is afraid of boasting or bragging, the hack is gratitude. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my favorite, my favorite example that I've used many times, I'm a ninja when it comes to parallel parking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm scary good at parallel parking. I am so good at that. 
And I can walk around and say, I'm God's greatest gift to parallel parking. And that's very ego based. When I come from the angle of, wow, I am so grateful that I have this ability, mm -hmm. this spatial ability where I can get that mm -hmm. car in. Do you know how much time that saves me in Los Angeles being able to parallel park anywhere? I am so grateful I have that experience and that ability and that talent. When mm -hmm. I come from the place of gratitude, mm -hmm. it checks the ego because, again, it's not about mm -hmm. me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's the hack gratitude will offset the ego thing and you can still make the self-honoring claim of owning your win like wow i'm so grateful i can do that because i'm still doing it right yeah 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 yeah, yeah I, I know i've often said that i'm grateful for every experience that has brought me to where i'm at today but i've got to really take that in and i like how the way that you've described that about versus uh you know i'm great at parallel parking versus I'm grateful that I've perfected this talent. Right. I'm, I'm so grateful I had a natural aptitude combined with heart, combined with commitment, combined with all of these things so that I could produce something so cool. Yeah. yeah and that's yeah. in service that serves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. and you said something very profound as well. I want to highlight, I'm going to make two more points here that, that are necessary, that are really crucial. Number one, you got to celebrate your wins. Mm hmm. Right. You've got to celebrate your wins. Number one, through the lens of science gives you those dopamine hits, which charges you up, right? Mm -hmm. Which moves, continues to move you forward to get more wins. It's like kind of a drug, like, Ooh, I want more of that cocaine. Right. Um, the other thing is that the more wins you focus on, the more wins you celebrate, the more wins you tend to have, mm -hmm. which is in service, right? All of this is in service to the bigger thing. Mm -hmm. Um, the other point that I'll make that you hit on that's very astute is, Yes, you've got to live the message. If you are not living the message, you are not a very good messenger. And I cannot tell you how many times I have said something to a client and thought, wow, I needed to hear that. Like it really came through me. And so, yes, live those messages that you know that you are training people in because that is how people are going to learn from you. People don't learn from what you tell them, they learn from what you show them, right? What is it? Uh, Samuel. Johnson, Johnson, Sam Johnson. Example is more efficacious than precept. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 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 It, it, well, it, I think I think I've seen this before where Buddha said that, you know, tell me it's something about tell me, but it, it, the, the gist of it is show me and I'm going to remember it. Right. Tell me and I'll forget. Mm -hmm. Show me and I'll remember, involve me and I will right. learn In, something me. like that. It's, yep, it's, yep, yep. I may not be accurate. I'm damn close though. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're, you're a lot closer than I was. <laughs> but I knew where you were going, right? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you, I mean, you've just, you're like, I can see how connected you are to the thing, mm -hmm. right? And you're a lot lighter right now, but like your energy is very different right now. Yeah, thank you. You know, yeah, I, so, I can feel it. Right. Thank you. So, Stay, stay connected to your devotion to mm -hmm. your thing and mm -hmm. honor yourself uh, from a place of gratitude, right? In serving that thing and how that serves others because the, the ripple effect that you have, mm -hmm. is there's no way to track the magnitude of that, right? Mm -hmm. You affect one person in one way and that affects everybody they touch forever, right? Like it, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Right. So that whole, no, not me. I'm not good enough. It's just not, it just doesn't serve. Yeah. Right? right. And I have great compassion 
for the boy you were that really wanted to be seen. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's actually one of my big wounds is about being seen, yeah. right? Being seen, being understood, being accepted. Like that that was a big thing. If I was misunderstood, I'd lose my shit yeah, because yeah. you're not seeing me, right? Yeah, that and, that 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 worked its way into my adulthood. Absolutely. Right? In jobs in, in the military of just being so frustrated. Why can't I get my point across? Why can't right. you under understand me? What what am I what am I doing wrong? Right. Well, and and your response because your your response to that was shut down. Yeah. Right. Because you can't win either way. I can't share anything mm-hmm. that I won because I'll get torn down. I can't share anything that I lost because I'll get torn down. So mm-hmm. your responsibility and, and everything in my world boils down to responsibility. If you want to be seen, my friend, you have got to show up. Yep. You've yep. got to risk it. Yep. And yep. if they don't understand, if they start tearing you down, you can step forward and be like, that doesn't work for me, right? Like, and Or, wow, you're not seeing me. It's a profound question. What am I doing wrong? What, what am I doing that's not connecting so they're not seeing me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? And- and you you've got to show up. Well, That's- I had that in my in my adulthood with my mother of, you know, I, I, making a long story short is after I divorced my second wife, who is uh, my mother's twin, pretty much, which I didn't realize until I divorced her. Right. I, I had a, I, I kind of knew in the back of my mind that if I divorced her, my my mother would divorce me. And mm. that's exactly what happened. And I tried everything I could to break through that wall and and started dating now my current wife. Mm-hmm. And my current wife could see my mother for who she was. It took me a couple more years to figure it out. I was in my 50s at mm-hmm. this point. And uh, I was doing everything I could to to get my mother to recognize me, to see me, to love me. And it's just nothing was working. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And then I it it all it all snapped one day. It all just it all just was clear as day what was going on. Well, well, let me set you up for a mic drop moment here. Um, how is anybody going to see you if mm. you don't? Right. You don't see yourself. Sure. Right. So sure. all of this bullshit about I'm not good enough. I'm like you, you've got you've replaced the mother in your life with the mother in your head, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And you have become her for yourself, Mm -hmm. keeping you small, shutting you down. It's like, that's why I say you want to be seen. You got to show up like, sure. Sure. No. And if, and if, and you need to, and again, the example is more efficacious than precept. How Mm -hmm. is anybody going to see you? If you don't see you, how is anybody going to trust you? If you don't trust you, how is anybody going to love you? If you don't love you. Right. Right, and right, none right. of this is ego-based stuff. It's bigger than us, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's so true. Yeah, I was uh, many, many years of counseling, and uh, and and then finally getting to the point of that. You know, I knew what was. Now I can look back and and figure out what was going on. Narcissists are very good at keeping that that keeping that hook in you mm-hmm. uh, deep enough so you feel these insecurities. You you need them for was your mother the narcissist i mean is that is that yeah, the my, my mother okay my so mother. let's again let's take ownership of it you know my mother as a narcissist was very good at keeping the hooks in me mm-hmm. sure my mother was the my mother the narcissist was 
was, if you look up the word narcissist in the dictionary, you're going to see her picture. She <laughs> was, she was uh, great at keeping the hooks and not only me, but my, my four siblings ever since right. I was a kid, just controlling us. Is she still with us no. on the planet? Okay. She let me passed ask. away a few years ago. Okay. Have you let her off the hook? Oh yeah. I, I, okay. I, uh, yes. Even when she was still alive, uh, I okay. got to the point of forgiveness. Good. Now and, I, yeah. let me, um, when you say forgiveness, mm-hmm. does it come from the standpoint of, I forgive her for doing that to me? Right. Okay. Here's the no, problem no, with no, that. No, okay. no, no, no. It's not that I'm just saying okay. I'm listening to you. Yeah. It's not that. No. Good. Because uh, that, that still holds you as her victim, right? right that's right, like, right. oh, I'm so benevolent. I'm going to forgive you for doing that to me. But that right. still holds me as your victim. When, sure, sure. When we really release this, yeah. right? Yeah. We release the judgment yeah. around it and yeah. forgive the judgment, like even the diagnosis, right? Like if here, here's how this would sound like, because there, there's a deeper truth. Mm-hmm. Right. When we start getting into judgments and labels and, and the ego hates this shit, by the way, um, because the ego has a misinterpretation that I'm letting somebody off the hook and I'm making it okay. I'm yeah. not. I'm not right. condoning behavior. I'm not saying it's okay. Releasing the judgment is a different thing. And what that sounds mm-hmm. like is, okay, I forgive myself for entering into the judgment of my mother as a narcissist because the truth mm-hmm. is she was a fear-based person trying to maintain safety and security in the only way she knew how. Right. Now that's not saying it's okay. That's not saying I like it. But when we remove that judgment, we come into a place of compassion and empathy for this woman who also has her pathology, right? You have the trackable, whatever. And I don't like it. You know, I didn't, it's not comfortable, whatever. I'm going to release the judgment of it in service to entering into compassion and empathy because that is how we release the energy pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I like how you put that up. Yeah. So there was a period of time that I thought that forgiveness meant that I had to forgive her for whatever it is, fill in the blank that she did right. to that me, my wife and, you. Right. And, and said to all the rest of the family and so on and so forth. That's where that's where I was for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was a combination of things, a gentleman in my men's group and also through therapy that I had a very different perspective. The gentleman in my men's group said, it's not about forgiving her. It's about forgiving yourself. Yes. So so where I first what went was forgiving myself to say that at the time, may, maybe I made OK, at the time I made mistakes. But at the time, I was doing the best I knew how. I did the best I knew at that time. If I had the tools that I have now, I would have approached everything much different back then. So that was where I started going with the forgiveness. And then through therapy, uh, what what I was able to take away from that was the compassion. Compassion doesn't Mm -hmm. come easy for me. Now, uh, that wasn't something that we learned about when we were kids, compassion. And so now having that compassion for my mother, she's young, she's gets, she has five kids, boom, bang, boom, bang, boom, right off the bat. She has a husband who's, my father didn't cheat on her in any way, shape or form, but he was outside the house a lot working. 
So she pretty much was raising us herself. And you got five, we don't have kids, but I can imagine you got five young kids that are running around the house like crazy. And she's looking <laughs> for, how do I find some private time for me? And, right. and so, so I have time, some peace in the chaos, whatever. Exactly. So, so learning to have compassion for her. Yes. Those narcissistic tendencies, I think were there in her for a long period of time, right. but just having compassion where she was, what she was going through, maybe because, you know, me being her son, I can kind of maybe feel a little bit what was going on. She, I feel she knew she had something, but she couldn't give it up. I, one thing I've learned about the narcissist, they, they, they can't allow themselves to be vulnerable. Like, for example, like right. my mother couldn't allow herself to say, you know, I need to make a change. David, and the rest of the kids, I apologize. I'm going to make a change. There's no way that a narcissist is going to do that. Right. Because the narcissist, the misogynist, the whateverist, they don't know they're those things. The narcissist has no fucking idea they're a narcissist. And if you told them that, they'd say you were crazy. The misogynist has no idea they're misogynistic. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, to the point on the, the judgment versus compassion, you cannot judge someone or something into course correction. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. You cannot shame, force, cajole, manipulate. Like, and if you, if you do, it's not sustainable. Right. You can through compassion because judgment is and of itself separation. Mm -hmm. That is that. And this is me. That is wrong. And I am right. That is bad. I am good. Right. It's, it, that's the judgment. When we release the judgment, I choose to release the judgment. I choose to release my judgment of my mother as a narcissist because the truth is she has conditioned responses and strategies deep in her psychology that she's unaware of and she has no idea what she's doing right now. Right. Now, through compassion, that's the reconnection. And potentially, we can affect the situation or the person because mm -hmm. we are reconnected. Judgment is separation, disconnection. We cannot affect it. Once you engage in compassion and empathy, now you have reconnection. Now, what do you think happens when you start releasing judgments of yourself? Mm. And being compassionate of yourself. Being compassionate sure. Compassionate with yourself. You come back into wholeness, integration, right? Integrity, mm -hmm. wholeness. Because mm -hmm. when you're when you're judging a piece of yourself, you're mm -hmm. separated from it. You release that judgment of yourself, you come back into harmony. Now you're you're whole again. You're more powerful. You're more at peace. Mm -hmm. So, so I can see that the, the judgment of judging myself, judging myself, saying I can't do that, judging myself and saying I'm not good enough, but being compassionate and saying, okay, that that maybe I haven't done this before. But I've done many other things in the past right. that so are similar, and I've always been successful at those things in the past. So being compassionate. Right. Because ultimately, it boils down to alignment. It's not about good or bad, right or wrong. It's about aligned or misaligned. Mm -hmm. And is saying I'm not good enough aligned with the outcome that you want, or is it misaligned with the outcome that you want? Yeah. It's that simple, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. This work in and of itself is very simple. It's not mm -hmm. easy. Mm -hmm. It's very simple though. Yeah. Yeah. You know, okay. even though it's, yes, it's neurochemistry, it's psychology, it's energy fields, it's thoughts, feelings, actions, mindset, framework, blah, blah, blah. It's all the things. 
And mm-hmm. it's very simple. Yeah. It's just really fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems hard. But once right. you well, ultimately, it, you have to make a choice. You you get to make the choice to tell yourself the story that you're good enough or mm-hmm. tell yourself the story that you're not. And as one of my teachers said, you know, David, if you're going to tell a story, it might as well be a good one. Yeah. 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 I, okay. Uh, good so here's, stuff. So that's the thing is like, like get your at-bats, practice mm-hmm. on the daily, yeah. recognize that this is not about you. This is about that fire hose connected to you and the water flowing through you. And you, if you choose to accept this mission, have a responsibility to it. And right. I'm not good enough doesn't align. Right. Great story. I love it. David, yep. thank you so much. What, you. Uh, what can we do to support you? What do you need moving forward? That's a great question. I, I, what I'm looking for are people to, um, to be able to uh, learn about what it is that I do, to be a, have an interest in what it is that I do the helping people to be more engaging presenters and the more that the, the more people struggle through their quest to be great public speakers those are the folks that I want to talk to those are the folks that I want to I want to help them change their lives because being able to speak proficiently at work in public at a networking event can mean the difference between being successful, being able to move forward, and being able to get to that next level in their career. I love it. So let's do a little shameless self-promotion today. How how do people get a hold of you? They get a hold of me two ways. One is through my website, presentyourwaytosuccess.com, or through LinkedIn. Look for me, David Dorier. You should be the only one that you find on LinkedIn. If you find another one, let me know. You More than likely, you probably will see my brother and sister on there, but you will not. Uh, so look for me on there. I'm usually posting everyday tips and tricks on how to be a great presenter. Great. David Dorier, D-O-E-R-R-I-E-R. Have I got that right? That's correct. David Dorier. It's a German pronunciation. Outstanding. All right, David. Thank you so much. Here's what I'd like you to do. Book a follow-up call with me in maybe six, eight weeks, and let's check in and let's see how you're doing. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire on this, all right? I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you so much. All right, David. Thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah, all these ego-based stories that I'm not good enough, I don't deserve it. It's all ego, right? You move that out of the way and recognize this is not about me. This is about a bigger thing. This is bigger than little me. Get out of your own way and achieve what you came here for. Live the life that you were born to live, right? If you need support, you want some help, go to statusflow.net. Check out the group coaching cohorts, uh, Moonshot, our flagship program. You can check out the team engagements. Of course, you've got the one-on-one engagements. And if you'd like to be a guest on Mindfuck, well, apply there, statusflow.net. Thanks so much. We will see you next time. Mm-hmm.